Hello and welcome to the Robot Dice Explosion podcast. I'm Ben. I'm Ollie. And we're going to do another model focus this week, and it's Wraith, the Wraith of Cult of Uri. Uh, he's another 25 rice model. I like this one. He's the only major cami in the game? He is the only major cami in the game at the moment. Yep. Um, so yeah. I think one of the things that are immediately obvious with him, uh, he's on a 50 mil base uh, and he has the huge rule. So, uh, which, which is appropriate. It's, it's a big guy. Probably the biggest model in the game at the moment, I think. Seems about right, yeah. In terms of space he takes up above his base. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I think on the initial... On the first look, he looks like Cult of Your Eyes beat stick, basically. I mean, he is, sort of. So I think, yeah, contrary to last week, or counter to last week's model, uh, Yatsumata, he's he's not straightforward in the way you use him. There's this interesting risk-reward. So being a Kami, his key that he starts with is effectively his health. And he starts with 10 key tokens, so uh, he's got a lot to start with. But he does not have durable? No, I didn't actually notice. Uh, I, I think I knew that, but yeah, most Kami do have durable. He doesn't. Uh, he he also has only melee skill 3, but critically, obviously, he can, boost the, yeah, he can boost that for 1. So yes. he's a potential melee skill 6 or melee pool 6. Yes. Uh, and he's fast. He's movement five, and he can boost that for one as well. And but, cru- crucially, he has a mechanic for getting key back. Yep. So when he inflicts wounds through a successful melee attack, he uh, gets key tokens equal to the wounded model's key statistic back. So it puts him in a position where he's probably... You want him to be going after models which have key two or three. Yes, you, you actually don't want to fight key one models if you can help it because at only release skill three if he's not boosting and he comes up against like a kaizoku from the jung who passed their fear test let's say uh even if they fail their fear test beyond two dice against his three it's not amazing odds no so i mean the most terrifying things about this model for me are his movement and his and his boostable melee stat so normally when i face him it's it's the move which is scary because i i can't guarantee anything is safe like my opponent's going to have to really invest into movement if he wants to uh you know surprise me from the other side of the table but he but can, who can? Yeah. yeah and that's the trouble if i if i leave a caster or exposed who's like critical to buffing whatever's going on moving key around i I have to be aware that like Wraith could just turn up any moment and one-shot them. Yeah, because he well, has a potential charge of, what, 20 inches? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... Effectively, <laughs> he, he can basically get you anywhere on the board, especially because he has a wear, so he has a 360-degree line of sight, and he's intangible? Yes. Um. It's- so he's a pretty scary model to see on the other side of the table. Uh, he's not doing any objective stuff with aloof. I mean, if you were trying to use him on objectives, you're doing something wrong anyway. Um, 
he's got dread and fear six, so you're going to fail tests against him in melee. So like one use of him for me is like maybe just not even killing models, but just zooming around, making things scared. You can combine that with some special cards in the uh, Cult of Your Eye where you start building up to, uh, you know, effects and, and extra stuff, key yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Feed, on, feed on Fear, I think it's called. Yes. Um, so, yeah, he, he could be super scary in a literal sense <laughs> there. Uh, he's immune to prone and, uh, yeah, solar, so you're not going to be doing any opposed key tests on him. So, no. Yeah. I, th- I think we both know how we would fight him but let's come to that after we talk about how we might use him ourselves i mean yeah to my mind he's an assassin okay he goes like because he's so mobile and he can go anywhere if your opponent has a model that you need to get killed he can totally do it Hmm. i mean he also has he has ps1 and sharp one and key block on his claws? Yeah. That key block is massive. It depends on the target, but if he's going after a high-value target, just even just going in and striking them once is suddenly a huge problem. Well, I think it, it sort of backs up that idea of he definitely wants to be going for the key two models. Yeah. Because then they're also screwed for next round. Oh, if you can get it on a key three model, wonderful. Most key three models are pretty soft in uh, combat. Yeah, because they're mostly caster-type models. Yeah, I mean, Hirato, uh, the Drunken Master, is an exception. I think he's three key. Uh, but, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, like, you know, PS1, it, 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 it doesn't really matter. Like, it's a 50-50 on whether you cause an additional wound against a model with armor. But Sharp 1 is a big deal. Yes, it's guaranteed a wound. Like, Sharp 1 is twice as good as PS1. It just applies it, fewer times. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> fewer models with uh, tough than there are with armor. But it does remove a big weakness for him because otherwise going up against tough models is a problem when you have to cause wounds to effectively replenish your health because he wants to spend key. Hmm. He likes buffing his stats. Otherwise, think... he's not as good as you want him to be, I feel. Yeah. Well, I mean, looking at, uh, looking at his second key feat, Weight of Shadows... Um, too key to as an active model game or active player game strong is i guess yeah that that would otherwise sort of compensate for not having sharp if you're going up against a tough model you'd be like well i really need to do wounds on this yeah but i'm not sure i'd want to spend two key on giving him strong when i could spend two key on giving him two extra melee dice well well, quite that's sort of like there, there's a lot of trade-offs to be made with him. I feel that getting like spending two to get strong is for. I'm pretty sure I can kill this model, and it really needs to die. Yeah, and I'm I don't willing think to, it is that, and I'm willing case. to really pay for it because you're probably combining that with boosting your melee stat as well. Yeah, I think I think it's you're probably in a situation where you're facing a big beefy a melee opponent, and you you've already gone up to five melee dice. Yeah. Because I, like, yeah, six melee dice is better than five, but you're really at the point of diminishing returns at that point. Uh, yeah. 
I can't remember where the actual like the curves are, but uh, I think five millie dice. If you're going all attack, certainly you, you, you're not going to need a sixth. Um, so maybe at that point you you pump those key and you just really need to key, kill that model, which is preventing you from owning this zone. That you, you know, that, that's yeah. Right. That, that that can be old. You just have to be aware that if you do it, there's a, a serious risk that you might not get much use out of wraith going forward. Yeah he will be either low on key or just flat out dead. Yeah, and, and this is the risk reward with him. Like you so you go, okay, I'll, I'll boost my move for one. Uh so I can get to that model. That's a little bit harder to get to. And then, you know, I really I really do need to get key back. I've spent one key doing that. I'll, I'll spend another like another couple of key boost, trying to yeah. boost my melee. And then if you don't get that back, if you fluff the roll, if your opponent's just like, you know what, I'm going all defense and they roll, you know, at least one six and you don't roll any, like all of a sudden Wraith's going, oh, I, I've, I've just lost three, four, maybe wounds. Yeah, yeah without uh, not nothing for it. Which is what, what, what makes him really interesting uh, for me. Yes. Uh, I mean, so his first key feat... Uh, Grasping Shadows. It's one key and you gain split attack uh, at, when you're the active player until the end of the current action. I I, I think, again, like... It's a situational do, key feed. Yeah, if, if you find yourself in a situation where it'd be really handy to take an activation token off of two specific models you happen to be close to one another, great. Like It, it can work then. But he, it's notable that he doesn't have Indomitable. So he'll be at two dice. Yeah, he's giving dice up immediately. Uh, well, he'll be outnumbered, and with split attack, you uh, we talked about this last week. It's the second split attack model in the row, and I can't remember, but you lose a die uh, from your melee pool. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, so he'll be at one die against each of them. Yeah, and again, if we, if we, yeah, if we go to go back to like talking about the most. Uh, the, the most hard-working, cheap profiles in the game, the Kaizoku. You're not going to do that against two Kaizoku because they've both got three dice. Admittedly, this is an opportunity for you to go, I think you should both take a fear check on one die. Yeah, I mean, they're on one die anyway, but you could go up against two key models and they're still taking it on one die because of Dread. Yeah. So, so maybe that's it. Maybe this is like, you know, you boost his move a little bit, you split attack, and you go, oh, surprise, you're going to yeah. take two fear attacks now. Yeah, he, he does have an interesting, I think it's a side roll, but he does have an interesting sort of side roll as a buffer for the rest of the list by fearing everything. Because he makes fear tests really easy to fail, yeah. you can then follow his like in his wake with models which are like fear five or four and every model's automatically like failing. So it's, it's making your model safe. Your, I, I think the, the interaction with feed on fear would be that it would then count as another failed test because it's not that you don't take the test, you automatically fail. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And, and it, it means your opponent can't engage any of your fear causing models um, yeah. being, being frightened is bad for you. And if if he does, if he puts fear six or frightened six onto four models in one turn, that's that's pretty brutal. And then they all have to try and pass that in the end phase. 
probably on one die. Um, I, I can see him just being a real pain in the butt like that. And all the time that you're doing that, your opponent's having to think, I really need that guy not to get behind me and surprise me because I, he's already scary in the league. Yeah. The trouble is, while you're doing that, you're just pissing away wounds. Yeah, and that that's the problem he, he faces, is that you can do that, but then you're not really inflicting damage, and he needs to inflict damage to regain the key he's spending all the time. Yeah. Um, there are a couple of... Uh, special cards which can get around that and actually allow you to put key onto uh cami uh for instance feed on fear feed on fear is, is great with him in fact i'd probably bring it hmm. because it, it's a one shot of oh look he got four wounds back well this is the thing if he if he <laughs> yeah if he causes four fear tests in in one turn by spending four key you know boost his movement uh, twice and use grasping shadows twice. Well, feed on fear is automatically fulfilled, so he can then gain that four key. Winner. Like, yeah, it's pretty good. It's he, pretty good start. He, he's back to normal, and your opponent's in disarray. Obviously, that's you know, it's, it's hugely situational, depending on where your opponent's moved his models and stuff. But if your opponent's got this screen of cheap models in front of the ones that they really want to keep safe, um. You can make all those models completely useless and then the next turn Wraith can go and get on with what it wants to do. Yeah, and some of your follow-up models can then deal with the now frightened Rex at, in the front. Hmm, exactly. I mean, he so his intangible is is a big part of that. And yeah, because you can just walk away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And with huge... Uh, can't huge see past... Other models. Uh, I think so. Let me check. Man, look something up on the internet. Yes, it's we're good at this quality podcast content. Huge. I'm not sure. It's probably under line of sight. Let's uh, let's not worry about it. Yeah, people can correct us in the comments if we had comments. Uh, okay, so. Yeah, I, I like the idea of using him to sort of harry. Yes. I, the thing that would worry me if I were using him is uh, allowing him to get bogged down. And obviously with intangible, he can't really get bogged down. But let's talk about the, the way that we... Me yeah, mechanically you can't get bogged down, but that's not the same thing as not getting bogged down. Yeah, so let, let's sort of flip it into how we deal with him when we see him. Um, well, there's there's a couple of different things you can do. You can try and tempt him to attack something that you either think will be a good counter for him or that you don't care that he's fighting. Or you can stop him from getting to places. That's really hard. But he still has to be able to place his massive base somewhere and you can block that. Yeah, so obviously you have an opportunity to play scenery at the beginning of the game. Uh, if in your local meta you happen to face Wraith quite a lot of times, then you know one rice for a rice ball barricade is <coughs> a very so effective way. Something of, you should uh, consider bringing anyway. Yeah, and I mean you can place rice ball barricades in zones and stuff. So you know, you, if it's a small zone, I think you can literally prevent him getting into it. Yes, you can. You place a rice ball barricade right in the middle. 
Um, so that that's one way of doing it. And of course, like the counter argument to that is that you can't place impassable terrain within two inches of other impassable terrain, which other than a couple of exceptions is, is obviously true. But what you, you can do... You don't need to. Well, what you can do is then put bodies in the way. Yeah. Because whilst he's intangible and he can move through whatever he likes, he can't stop wherever he likes. No, he has to have, he has to have a clear piece of ground to stand on. Yeah. And you, you can, if you're willing to give up the the speed and the activations to do it, you can stop him from getting to models. Yeah. You're gonna have to sacrifice some other models to do it, or at least go like, well, you can attack this model, but you can't attack this other model. Yeah, I mean, I think the thing is, as we discuss, like these really expensive profiles, and you know, obviously, we'll deal with others in the future. There's going to be that common theme of like, you're going to sacrifice something against this model. He's just too powerful for them not to do something. Absolutely, yeah. And the thing is, if you can sacrifice, you know, two ten rice models uh, over the course of an entire game to prevent one of these twenty five rice models doing anything, well, you're kind of five rice up. You know, you're doing yeah. okay. And the 25 rise model was probably fairly crucial to your opponent. Yeah. So, like, obviously, Wraith isn't tireless, so you can exhaust him. Obviously, you've got to be passing your fear tests, so that's very much dependent on faction and the makeup of your warband. Yeah, or, uh, like, if he's engaged with you, if he's gone in on you, by all means, attack him back. You're not going to do anything to him, but just exhaust him, then he's not going anywhere. Yeah, I mean, he doesn't necessarily strike first. If you've got lightning reflexes or reach, there might be an argument for going, well, you know, I, I may only have two dice, but I'll just put them all in attack. Can't do that Oop. if you're frightened. That's true. Well, uh, Minamoto can, but yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, what's the what's the rule? Steadfast. Steadfast, that's it. it uh, it's, it's on a sprinkle of other models as well. I think yeah. a bunch of the Brutos have it, for instance. Okay, but yeah, I mean, if you if you hurt him, it really hurts because that's not like he can't be healed conventionally. There's, like I say, there's a couple of event cards and uh, there's a train yeah. card and so on, but you can't just channel to him. No, and and he needs that key in order to be yeah. effective. And and unlike most expensive models, who effectively operate at full power right until they die, Wraith really does not. He operates on at full power as long as he's above, say, six key. Yeah, the second you get him down to half key, half wounds, he you'll see a behavioural change in your opponent because no one wants to lose a twenty-five rice model. No, it's it's it hurts. <laughs> so so then you start going, oh god, well if I I'm only on five key, if I spend three key boosting, I'm only on two key, and I can't get that back. And I mean, if Wraith's on two key, you should kill him. He's a, he's a crap Kaizoku at that point. I keep coming <laughs> back to them, but like, you know, like, yeah, he's fast, but he's not turning any objectives. You can plonk him in a zone. You know, at two key, he's still twenty five rice in the zone. Yeah, and people are still going to be reluctant to engage him because of the fear. But if but yeah, the opponent has anything that can get to him. At that point, he's liable to just kill over and die. Yeah, I mean, fearless is a problem for him. Uh, yeah, oh yeah. If, so if you've got fearless samurai, um, leadership or is or surprisingly good against him as well because while he reduces 
the dice you roll, leadership is just a bonus. Mm -hmm. Well, any of these things like leadership, uh, bravery, where you get the reroll. Uh, courage, of course, is just a direct uh, counter to dread. dread. Uh, so I haven't faced Wraith with my Ito for quite a long time, but I have faced him with that uh, Suzumi Tengu warband I was running. Yeah. And, you know, having... I can't remember how many models I had. There was a previous podcast on this, but a lot of models... All of them are key one, except for Rio Hobo, who's at key two and really not interested in being anywhere near. Oh, Wraith. He, he does not want to see Wraith up close. All of those models, I was, I was, I was really worried about Wraith being there. And what I ended up doing was just shooting him because he's huge. Yeah, and yeah, he's got armor too. Fine, but even if you just take one wound off him, you're going to slowly chip away. And yeah, he might get that wound back when he moves into into combat with one of your models. You have to go out all out defense and then just get the hell out of there as soon as you can. But if you've got two models that can shoot, you can shoot him pretty much wherever he is, unless there's like a massive blocking piece of terrain in the way. Because he's huge. Yeah. You're getting bonuses because he's huge. Um, so again, like <laughs> turns out, shoot the expensive model. Yeah, but I mean, you don't even need to do that against. I mean, shooting obviously helps, but if Wraith, because he wants to steal your key, wants to go up against models with a higher key stat, and some of them, quite a large chunk of them, is going to be able to just go like, well, I'm going to put something in attack. Hmm. And well, just, I guess, oh, go on, sorry. And, and just doing any kind of damage to him. Is rapidly going to deplete his key stack and, and really reduce what your opponent feels he could do with him. Yeah, it's it's chip damage against Wraith is much more effective than against virtually any other model in the game. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, sort of conversely, lots of cheap models aren't ideal for him because, like on paper, you go, okay, he's going to be causing frightened everywhere. You're not wrong; that will be a problem for yeah. the, for his opponent. However, he's only ever getting one key back from each melee exchange. Yeah. So at that point, how much key are you going to start investing as the Wraith player into killing that one key model? Becomes a real sort of diminishing returns. You, you're cutting yourself effectively to just wipe out these one key models. Yeah, I mean, I faced him at last year's Grand Masters. And his sum total contribution over the game was not actually that impressive because he kept like one of the challenges with using him is choosing when do you stay and fight and when do you go off somewhere else mm -hmm. because he just can go somewhere else it's tempting to go like well I've, I've hit you once I'm not going to go and hit someone else I think that's one of the massive pitfalls with him is that he is so maneuverable I actually do remember an Ito game uh, against James where my solution to Wraith being in my back line and engaging my Shisai was to keep trying to make other models seem more uh, of a priority to yeah. him than the one that with which he was engaged. And so he never actually just killed off any of my models. He took them down to like one or two wounds and 
And then have to go, like, he had to go somewhere else. Yeah. Of course, then, and I, I can't speak for James's psychology in this, but he then, I would, I would be thinking, I've got this 25 rice model. I've taken four wounds off of your 14, 16 rice model, whatever. Yeah. It's got one wound left. I don't want Braith to be invested in taking that last wound off. So I'm going to go over there and do something else and hope I one shot a different model. But what you should probably do is just kill the model because then you're getting that activation advantage. And then it's gone. Yeah. Um, Yeah, so there's a a real challenge in when do you go and when do you stay with Wraith. Yeah, and, and I think that like his efficiency, his effectiveness, I should say, is very much based on when do you do what and like a, a bad initial engagement. Like in, in my my game of the Grandmasters last year, I think he went in on like Kappa. Mm-hmm. He just went like, well, I'll just for all defense. <laughs> and suddenly, like, because of the way the dice turned out, he did nothing. Yeah. And they're like, well, that's really expensive with Ray. Because yeah. if you've invested any key in that, you're you've effectively taken damage. I, I think there's a lot of psychology with the way that you, both the way that you use him and the way that you fight him. Oh yeah, it's much, it's much more of a mind game than anything else. Yeah, I mean this massive model. Like so, if as the wraith player put this massive model down, I'm like, well, he's got movement five base with with intangible. He's wherever I need him to be, and then he could be melee six. I can really play that up, but equally, it, it can be flipped round, and then I, I start getting worried about overcommitting. And so I think there's some really interesting like psychological implications with this model, where Yatsumata is Simple. has some of that, but she's so straightforward that you're not. There's no shenanigans. No, you no. I mean... pick, pick which head. Go. Whereas, yeah, I, whereas I, I, Wraith, Wraith is not defending. Uh, that's your choice. Yeah. Whereas Wraith is much more like there's more of that psychology and there's the risk reward. It, I mean, it can do amazing things. Yeah, right. Understand. Um, it's especially in something like games with the BIM. It loves seeing an opponent BIM on the table. <laughs> oh, that model over there. Yeah, I'll just eat it. And that's one of the things that. Sometimes with Vim scenarios, you you know your opponent's pushing a couple of models forward. And you're like, oh, I have to commit to one. Well, with Wraith, you can just flip like at yeah. any moment if you've got the key, and their Vim is getting close to where they need to be because you killed the other model, and it turned out they weren't the Vim. You can just push all your key into that to go and deal with that Vim, and get over the fact that you're losing a twenty-five rice model because a, a VP is worth more than twenty-five rice. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it turns out that you you can effectively drain Wraith for as much as you like uh, to achieve the result you need. Hmm. Like and that's he, that's the big advantage to the way his key works. And look at him within the context of the faction. It's a faction which doesn't have beat sticks for the most part. You know, you got you got a couple of models like Rockero can really put out some damage and. Uh, you know, there's a Tenbatsu. Oh, yeah, Tenbatsu or Araka. Is that the name of the undead yeah. guy? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I should, uh, I should know this since I've bought into cult, but I don't 
don't actually have it. I don't actually it, it, have it any is of a those models. Yes. So they do have a couple, but they're not a beatdown faction. So they're also they're also not a fast faction. So if you're running a bunch of like uh, Kairi, they're yeah. movement three and they can't run. So I mean, in in that sort of situation, he presents a good argument for running ordered for battle, uh, which obviously we never shut up about, but. <laughs> it, it means that you can have that tar pit of the of the Kairi and all their stuff, and then you've got this this model that can go around almost like problem shooting, problem, yeah. problem shooting for you. I mean, he's yeah. Actually, because of the way the the cult theme lists work, I've I've been looking at them. Uh, unsurprisingly, I found several good reasons to just run order for battle instead. But um, but the cult theme list are something we should talk about because they actually structured really interestingly. Yeah, sure. I'm sure we'll find uh, um, an opportunity for for that sort of uh, podcast episode. Um, so we're coming up for half an hour now, and we're, like the goal of these is to keep them to thirty minutes. Uh, so is there, are there any sort of closing thoughts? Any interactions that you can think of? No, I mean, my closing thought is you really need to both estimate player and estimate opponent. You need to think about what do you not want him to get to. And then you, you because you can stop him, uh, you just need to decide that it's worth it. Or yeah. as the player, you need to go like, well, what, what, is, what is the crucial thing he needs to do for you to advance your game? Because he can probably do any one thing you want him to. He might just not survive doing the thing. Yeah. I guess my thing would be if you if fear is a problem for your for your warband, and if you don't have much in the way of shooting, you can't stop him doing what he's going to do. So you need to start thinking about the placement of your models, prevent him prevent him actually getting to places yeah um initially but just sort of accept that he's going to do what he's going to do but think about what else you can do while he's doing that so that's 25 rice of your opponents that they can't put on an objective to turn it so get on with doing that race can't be on two objectives at the same time so if you've got two models on two objectives turning them well you can only kill one of them he probably will but that's fine Scenario pressure is really strong against Wraith. Yeah. Again, the alternate, the, the you know, the flipping on his head is like, well, if he needs to go and deal with a single model that's a problem in a scenario, he can. Um, sure, yeah. but it'll, it'll cost him resources and time. That's yeah. that, and that's your best best counter to him is make him spend the key all the time. Eventually, he won't <laughs> get it back. Yeah, well, I mean, you're I, right. You're I, right. That's I'm that's the sure. mantra for his opponent. And once you, start, once you start losing it, it becomes harder to spend it because, well, do you want to spend three key when you only have seven? Hmm. Uh, probably not. Yeah. Cool. I think we wrap it up there. I'd be yeah. really interested to hear, you know, in, in the comments on what, like when we post this in the Facebook group and so on, of uh, what people what people do with Wraith, how they counter him, what we missed out, what we inevitably got wrong. Um <laughs> Yeah, be really interested. Yeah. Uh, also, like, do people want to hear more of this sort of episode? Let us know. 
and uh, we will chat in an uninformed, unprepared way again. <laughs> we, we, we both have lots of experience against Wraith. It wasn't yeah. quite unprepared. No, no. I had intended to look at the card for a little bit before we started the episode, but I just... Well, yeah. the, the problem with talking about him is so much of it is not about his card. Yeah, this is true. It's not a complicated card. Right, we're extending this way beyond where it should be, so let's call it a night. <laughs> yes. Bye. Bye. Find Robot Dice Explosion at robotdiceexplosion.com, at RDE underscore podcast at Twitter, and Robot Dice Explosion on Facebook.